bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and in this episode, we hear from Ilya Brodsky, CEO and co-founder of VanHack, a leading Canadian HR tech startup. Featured in Fast Company, BC Business, Better Kit, and now the HR Gazette, Ilya leads a team of over 30 employees from 11 countries with the mission of creating a borderless world for tech talent through jobs. He holds a Bachelor's of Applied Economics from Cornell University and has helped raise over $100,000 for a variety of charities in Africa and in South America. I was lucky to chat with Ilya's colleague, Ash Kumar, a while back on the show too. So check out episode 70 for that. Today, we're going to delve into interview tips and talent streams. Plus, we'll talk a bit about the upcoming events from the Cool Van Hack Leap series a roadshow for tech-based companies located in cities across Canada to get face-to-face interviews with top developers from around the world. The next leaps are set to happen in Toronto on May 27th to 29th, then Waterloo, June 24th to 26th, Montreal, July 15th to 17th, and then back in Vancouver in September the 30th through to October the 1st. Ilya, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Bill. Beyond my wee introduction there, please introduce yourself a bit more, tell our listeners about your career background and why you founded Vanhack. Definitely. Uh, so I, uh, so my name is Ilya. I actually was born in the Soviet Union, uh, left when I was two and a half, moved to Israel when I was two and a half, and then came to Canada when I was five. Uh, so I've been an immigrant ever since I can remember. My first memory was actually getting on a plane to go to Moscow and then to Tel Aviv. And after, after finishing university, had the chance to move to Brazil, uh, where I lived for four years, working in uh, the mining sector at first, but then I really got interested in the tech startup space. I started working at a startup accelerator there uh, in Rio de Janeiro and met a lot of software engineers who were interested in, in moving to Canada. Uh, and they would ask me questions about Canada and how, how they can move there one day. Uh, but I realized that they didn't have the best communication skills. You know, English was their second language. Uh, they, they had heavy accents or were very confident in themselves, but they were really good technically. Um, so when I moved back to, to Canada, I had an idea to start an English course to teach them uh, how to improve their soft skills and, and really do job interviews uh, with international or, I guess, in this case, Canadian employers. Uh, so, so that then uh, evolved into a recruiting company. And now we have a talent pool of about 200,000 people from around the world uh, who want to relocate to Canada as well as to Europe. Uh, and we connect them to amazing companies and uh, try and get as many van hackers hired as possible. That's awesome. Thank you. And listeners, you might not be able to tell, but I'm not originally from Canada either. And uh, I've been through similar processes as to what we're about to get into in just a second, Ilya, uh, and, and how you guys help with that. So uh, I have firsthand experience and uh, I'm very enthusiastic to, to share some of this with, with our listeners. So you help pros from all over the world find top talent in, in Canadian cities and towns. How, how does the global talent stream work? Uh, I believe it started in mid-2017. Uh, you guys have really uh, seized upon this new initiative from the Canadian government to help bring in the right talent. So if you don't mind taking a couple of minutes now and telling our listeners a bit about uh, what that legislation meant in terms of bringing in awesome folk from around the world, and then any any tips that you can share with uh, with, with companies looking to take advantage of the global talent stream. Definitely. Yeah. So there's a really common misconception in uh, in Canada that 
uh, hiring international talent is complicated. It takes a lot of time. It's really expensive. It's a, it's a big risk. Um, so I believe a lot of companies still aren't aware that uh, this, this visa exists. Um, so I'm trying to do all I can to, to share about it. And the government's also been promoting it too. But really, um, before there, there, that was true. And that, that was true before the Global Town Stream. But with uh, the launch of the GTS, as it's called, or Global Town Stream, in 2017, um, it's become really easy. Uh, takes about six to eight weeks for the visa to be uh, admitted. It's a, a work permit that, that can, candidates get a two years closed work permit. And it allows companies to really you know, hire globally and add a lot more diversity and international senior talent to their teams. Um, first thing, kind of to get into the details, what a company needs to do is create a labor market benefit plan. And that's really just a three-step process where they commit to doing a series of actions such as hiring Canadians for other roles, growing business, their business uh, or the revenue by a certain percentage per year, uh, hiring co-op students or interns, um, or giving lunch and learns and training Canadians in uh, different technical skills. Uh, so things that companies usually already do. So you just have to choose three of those. There's a list of them on the government website. Um, and then you sit, you fax in a form. It's a one-page form. Have to give a few information, uh, like sometimes uh, your bank account or uh, a letter from from your your accountant saying you have the funds to to hire the person. Um, and then you get on a call with uh, Services Canada, the immigration team from the Canadian government, and they ask you about some questions and confirm information. And then ten days later, you have what's known as an LMIA number, and then you can give that LMIA number to the candidate. Uh, who then applies online in their home countries for the work permit. Um, they get a, like I mentioned, closed work permit, which means that they're tied to the company, so they can't just come over and leave. Um, and then they have all the rights, same rights as any other Canadian employee. Um, and and uh, their wife or their husband, their spouse can, uh, can, uh, can work as well, and their kids can go to school. So it's really you know, a, great, a great way for someone to immigrate um, and get connected right into, into a company. Uh, so yeah, that's how it works on a high level. And, uh, if there's anything specific, we can go a little bit deeper, but really it's much less complicated than it ever was before. Um, and it's working really well. We're hearing a lot of really positive feedback from our hiring partners and the industry as a whole, um, is really positive about the, the new visa. Let's now move on to uh, a few recruitment based tips and, uh, suggestions from you, if you don't mind, uh, Muslims who are outside of Canada or perhaps they're on the, the, the other coast far away, uh, any tips for remote interviews for candidates, please? Definitely. Yeah. So a, a lot of times, uh, you know, when you're interviewing international talent, uh, you, ha- you have to do a virtual interview, a remote interview. Um, so the whole process is done uh, you know, via Zoom or Skype or uh, Uber conference, et cetera. Um, and that could be a little bit of a challenge. So uh, the biggest tip I, w- I would have is just to be understanding and flexible with it. Um, you know, sometimes candidates are uh, really great candidates, but they just live in a place where Wi-Fi isn't the best or, um, you know, they aren't able to, to get a great connection. So, um, you know, sometimes that happens and uh, just be understanding. Don't make that be a make or break. I've seen a lot of times companies just uh, flat out reject a candidate just because their Wi-Fi isn't working, which uh, I think is a little bit unfair. Um, so that'd be n- number one. Uh, number two, I, w- I would take a little bit more time to have, uh, you know, the ice breaking conversations and, and kind of the small talk to really build up the rapport, which takes a little, takes a little more time virtually than it might in person. Um, and that, that'll get the candidate to be a little bit more relaxed and be able to really show you who they are and understand uh, and share their kind of technical abilities. Um, that would be another tip. Definitely always have, you know, the camera on uh, so you can see them, they can see you. 
and try and uh, establish that that rapport. Um, so those would be the two main things. Uh, and then uh, the last thing is a little one, but uh, time zones. Um, it can be a little bit of a challenge when candidates are in other parts of the world. Uh, so just make sure you triple check that and uh, you know have a, a, a interviews available at, at times where the candidates are you know uh, are okay with. And and you'll be surprised a lot of candidates are more than willing to uh, stay up late or get up early to do interviews with with you. Um, so just just make sure that you know there's no miscommunication on the time zone. Awesome. Thank you. Now, technical skills and academic qualifications and experience all super important and uh, and perhaps for more on the hard skills side of things, but also the soft skills in terms of communication, various others are essential too. Can you, uh, can you now take a minute or two, please, Ilya, and offer a few tips around hiring for those uh, hard skills, but also the essential soft skills? So for, for the hard skills, there's a lot of really great um there's a lot of really, really great uh, coding platforms out there. Uh, so we work with HackerRank, but there's, you know, Codility. There's, there's tons of other ones out there that I think there's probably over 50 or 100 these days uh, of ways you can you can measure uh, technical ability in coding. Um, pair programming also work, seems to work really well in, in companies, uh, you know, like, like Google and, and kind of larger companies do that a, a lot. Um, but having candidates go through a coding exercise and do a coding test is probably the, the easiest way to kind of see black and white, how people think. Um, and then also just asking them questions, open-ended questions, allowing them to uh, be more creative and, 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 you know, not just be able to solve a specific problem, but actually see how they think and where they get to and their, and their thinking uh, when you in, interview them. So I think the hard, hard skills side of things is actually a little bit easier. Uh, what, what's harder is the soft skills. Cause uh, again, you, you don't always get the chance to meet the candidates in person. That's, Kind of why we have the leap events to solve that problem, but but really when you're doing virtual process, um, and uh, you know getting to know the candidates' soft skills is, is, is a challenge. We uh, recommend is uh, just to figure out you know what, what are the things that maybe at their home culture uh, that you can connect with. So uh, as you you know are in hiring internationally, maybe you know you can get to know a little bit about the culture the candidate is coming from and uh, make a, an effort to connect with them on that. And just uh, see how they react and see how they connect there. Um, and then also at the same time, figure out how much homework they've done about your city or your country. So ask them a few questions about why they're specifically interested in moving to uh, Toronto or Montreal or, or um, you know, in, another Canadian city that you might be in. Um, and this allows us to kind of have that connection between the, you and the candidate and, and really see if they're serious or interested in, 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 the, in the location that they're moving to. If they haven't done any research about the city, that might be a red flag. Um, so those are a couple of little things that you can, you can do to find some common ground between you and the candidates, um, and see how, how they connect. Awesome. Thank you. Now let's uh, change tack a wee bit and, uh, focus on your leap event series for a few minutes. So essentially the format is Van Hack invites. So for example, for the upcoming Toronto event around 50 pre-vetted senior developers from a global talent pool to participate in, in in-person meetings and then hiring managers and HR pros can join for face-to-face interviews with them. And uh, they're presented to, is that correct? Yeah, exactly. We, we found that just that in-person meeting with a company and a candidate uh, really accelerates the hiring process uh, from both sides. Candidates feel much more comfortable really um, knowing what it's like living in that city. You know, they get uh, a chance to spend about a week in, in the city that they're looking to relocate to. 
Um, and, and then, you know, they, they can often bring their spouse and make a, make a trip out of it. And then they can come visit you in your office, you know, see what it's like to actually work there, imagine themselves sitting at the desk and, uh, you know, being part of the, the culture and, and the team and, and, and uh, what, what everything will look like when they move over. Um, and it really uh, gives the candidate that, that feeling of, oh, you know, I can really see myself living and working here um, and, and um, have, have that ability to see how they interact with the team and, and really um, get that uh, face-to-face interaction, that, that quality time with them. Um, that allows you to also uncover candidates who you might have uh, skipped over uh, if it was just on a virtual process or just seeing someone's resume. Um, so we found that they work really well. About 60% of the candidates who attend Leap events end up getting hired. Um, so it's been really successful for us to connect both sides of the marketplace. Okay, I just want to check a number. You mentioned that 60% of folk that attend these events get hired. Is, is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Um, we, we, we've had really good results um, just because we do select the top candidates who apply. Uh, it is a small num- number of candidates from all the applicants. And then if you think about it, these candidates are super motivated. You know, they, they've they invested um, time and, and, and money to fly to uh, to a city and, and um, you know, get to meet employers. So uh, they're really, really engaged. They, you know, accept offers if, if they're made um, and are kind of the top candidates that we have. So um, when companies are, are, are coming to the event, uh, they, they usually, you know, make, make offers because they're really excited about the candidates. And that's the big differentiator, is it, between uh, between that format, between the face-to-face format and, say, uh, doing a video interview or having a telephone interview. There's just that much more power um, and motivation from both sides to, to get it right. Is that, is that what you would agree with? Yeah, I think people are really busy, you know, day to day. And um, sometimes it's just there's not that urgency for them to make a decision on if I want to interview someone or if I want to hire someone. But when you have somebody, you know, in front of you right there, um, you know, you're meeting them at a networking event, you have that conversation in 10, 15 minutes, you're really able to know right away if that's the right person for your role or maybe to take the next step to a further interview. So you can just make that decision much faster and it's much more efficient use of your time um, as, a, as a hiring manager, or as an employer. Um, you know, so, so instead of having to wait for the interview to be booked and then you have another interview and then maybe it takes two or three weeks to go through the whole process, you can get through the whole process in let's say one or two days. Um, so it's a really efficient and, and, uh, good process for the employer because they just, they just don't have to waste that time or, or, you know, they can come to that decision faster, whether it's a yes or a no. Um, so yeah, we, we found that that's been really, really helpful. Okay. Thank you. Now you've worked with some pretty big brands, including booking.com and Accenture. Can you can you briefly now share any case studies of how the sure. Leap events have helped to place the ideal candidates with top brands? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think probably one of the best examples is uh, how Rogers hired three senior developers who are women from us in our last Leap event in November in Toronto. Um, we had actually an event just for women uh, who are developers in, uh, in Toronto and in Calgary. Uh, as, as well as in Waterloo uh, last fall, uh, we brought about 25 candidates and 19 of which uh, ended up getting hired. Um, so uh, with, with Rogers, they were specifically excited to you know, add more women in tech to their team. Um, and they ended up hiring uh, two uh, kind of senior Java developers and one senior iOS engineer, uh, all of whom are actually in, working in their office now. I actually just saw one of them today when I was over there for a meeting um, and she was super happy. Uh, so yeah, uh, that, that'd probably be uh, probably one of the larger brands that people would know that we work with. Uh, and we also work with a lot of kind of mid-size and earlier stage startups that are hiring tech talent um, and a few other you know large brands too. 
But uh, yeah, we were particularly proud of that. You know, because they hired three people, and, and and those three people they hired, they literally hired them in less than a week. So um, you know, they they had gone through and screened some of the candidates, and then in uh, you know they came to the event on Monday, and, and then you know the the people they knew who they wanted to hire that week. They made the offers and the offers were accepted the following week. So it was pretty exciting to see how fast things can go. Um, and, you know, we, you see, you hear companies saying that it takes, you know, two, three, four, five, six months to hire a good developer and they have open roles, uh, for, you know, for the, for that amount of time, uh, how much, you know, productivity that they're losing by not having those roles filled. And if we can fill roles in, in a week or two weeks uh, with these big events, it's, it's definitely really exciting. And we're, we're really proud to add value to, to companies like Rogers. Awesome. And somewhere else that you add value is uh, raising lots of money for various charities in, in Africa and South America, over 100,000 so far, I believe. Uh, which causes do you support and why? Yeah, so that was something I, I did a, a lot in my university days or kind of a bit after I, I graduated university um, and created an organization called uh, Fistula Free Climb. Um, which uh, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro uh, on an annual basis for, I think, three or four years now. Um, and, and what we did was we had a group of, of students from, from my university, and then we had other universities join in in later years, uh, do these climbs. And over, over the years, we, we helped uh, raise over $100,000 for a charity called Operation Fistula. Um, and what, uh, what, what, what Operation Fistula does is helps women who have obstetric fistula, which is a condition that occurs during child labor, um, and makes it so a woman can, can't control her bowels and kind of gets extra communicated uh, from from her community and, and, and just is uh, isn't, ha- isn't able to work or you know is in a really bad spot. Um, so with uh, with a surgery, uh, it costs about five hundred dollars. Uh, we we can completely transform uh, her life. So yeah, that that's definitely a cause I was really proud to to help um, and uh, an organization that you know I, I began and, and it was really great to see other students stepping in and help a group effort where we were able to make an impact. Excellent. Thank you. And we are now coming towards the end of this interview, Ilya. Before we wrap things up, please, can you tell our listeners how they can learn more about VanHack, how they can maybe attend and get involved with the the Leap event series, and also how they can connect with you? Yeah, definitely. Well, connecting with me is really easy. Just Ilya at VanHack.com, I-L-Y-A at VanHack.com. I'm pretty active on my email, also on LinkedIn. Uh, Happy to connect there. and then with Leap, uh, just go to vanhack.com slash hire at Leap, um, and you can sign up there. It's, you know, it's free to come to the event. There, there's no, no fee at all. Basically, um, you, know, you can come, attend, meet some of the candidates, uh, and, and see what you think. Uh, but we, you know, we already have, I think, about 15 to 20 companies signed up. So uh, if you'd like to join, just get in touch with our team, and we'll help you hire some great tech talent. Wonderful. Well, that just leads me to say for today, Ilya, thank you very much for being a guest on this HR Chat episode. It was my pleasure, Bill. Thank you for having me. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.